Semiconductors are the most important technology in the world right now. It is no surprise they are at the centre of growing tensions between the United States and China. So what impact will new US bans on investment in Chinese technology actually have? I'm Aaron Young. We are going to try and find out. Now from our headquarters at Ticker Park, this is Ticker Today. Hello and welcome. Semiconductors are in every piece of our technology, right around our offices and our homes these days, from phones to cars. They are also central to national security. So the Biden administration seems to think, as they recently announced a ban on US companies investing in certain Chinese technologies, including these chips. They're also a central issue in the tension over Taiwan, which, as many know, produces the world's most advanced chips. But will these bans actually work? or will they have an unintended consequence? For more, let's bring in David Jang from China Insider. It'd be interesting to know just how much of the tension that happens between China, the United States and Taiwan can be linked to the fact that tech companies are the most valuable in the world at the moment. Just talk to us about what steps the US has actually taken. Right. The big factor right now is how do we ensure that the TSMC, Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Industry, is safe from China's hands uh, should the invasion happen? And and I think this has more to do than just uh, one company. This has to do with the humanity journey into technology. I mean, if Taiwan's uh, semiconductor industry is blown out, it could set us back entirely, you know, by 10, 20, 30 years. And so the United States, I think, doing this move is trying to uh, restrict China in a way that it wants to limit how much the semiconductor industry is exposed uh, globally to China. But I just I don't see how it's going to 100% eliminate China's ability to access chips, uh, especially those that aren't that, that aren't so cutting edge like the the ones that are bigger than the seven nanometers or more, like 14 and and, and so on. Uh, but I, I you know I think the United States' main goal right now is to uh, somehow keep China from wanting to take Taiwan solely for the purpose of TSMC. Uh, but I, I just don't see how any other ways uh, can guarantee that uh, other than, you know, China really just wants to take it by the military uh, invasion. So I, I think the United States right now is in a bit of a struggle, but uh, is trying different ways. I think this is one of them. It's funny, we, we talk about China wanting Taiwan for cultural reasons and to end democracy, and they believe in the one China policy. So many around the world have agreed on that. When you look at the wars through the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, they were quite often in the Middle East, set around countries that had oil. Even the war in Iraq, many said, was because to get uh, control of the oil. We fast forward 30 years from, from those wars and now the things that are most valuable, not necessarily oil, but computer chips. And now the tensions seem to yeah. be around Taiwan, which, as we mentioned, are producing some of the world's most advanced computer chips. Uh, we see the United States now trying to increase their um, um, buildup of making their own power, uh, computer chips as well. Am I right in that summation? Is the world essentially moving on from fights about oil to fights about computer chips? You're absolutely right. In my view, there are really two domains, uh, the cyberspace uh, and technology, which also relates to the semiconductor industry and also in the space domain. Uh, a techno the, the, the tech war is, I think, at the forefront of the new Cold War that we're really in right now, uh, which is very interesting considering that, you know, this, this all comes down to whether or not the United States will 100% guarantee a defense of an island uh, so far away from them. But uh, that is our lifeline. 
uh, for the future of humanity, like I said. So I think it's a very big deal, and you're absolutely correct. And when you think about the people who've been visiting China this year, you're looking at uh, Elon Musk, you're looking at Bill Gates, and you are looking at Tim Cook, all have quite a bit to do with computer chips, you might say. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's why I also think... Well, I, I think it's very interesting because we're seeing decoupling or where they're calling de-risking from very different uh, supply chains and manufacturing side, but not the tech uh, sector yet. And I, I just think that on, uh, unless it's absolutely necessary, I think they just don't want any disturbance that could cause a major uh, problem that, I mean, if, if a company like Apple or Tesla decides to pull out of China, that's going to send shockwaves to the economic, the technology world and, and various sectors. So I, I just think that for the benefit of not making this into like a hot war, uh, people are playing and treading it very carefully. I think that's also why going back to the Biden administration's order, it, it's, it's to be seen how effective it actually is and how much pro, uh, provocation it could potentially uh, be seen in China's eyes as to should we be pushed to invade Taiwan? Well, they weren't happy when Australia banned Huawei from being involved in the 5G rollout here. That then led to the US. The UK eventually gave in as well. And the Western world, one by one, said no to Huawei. Huawei's stocks have crumbled as a result, uh, as has the company's fortunes, you would have to say. So China knows all too well what happens when the West puts a ban on its technology, right? Exactly. That's why you're seeing the UK considering the same ban as the one that, that came out from the United States. Uh, I'm probably expecting more countries to follow if this becomes the norm. Uh, again, I, I'm not so sure how effective this is, but like you said, Aaron, if it comes to it. Now, China itself is also gearing up to defend against a, a potential a ban on the semiconductor technology, but China does not have the technology to really sustain itself in the semiconductor industry. So the best outlook from all of this is that, is that it actually prevents a war because China will lose the ability to produce chips that can power its own military machines and missiles. But the worst outcome is that, like I said, they decide to invade to solve this by force. Yeah, we talk about the ban, but we know that China itself exports so many parts uh, in terms of the minerals as well. Uh, yes. I tell you what, God was having a bit of fun when he decided to put oil in the Middle East and then uh, away from the people who were using it and also to put the minerals used for computer chips in China. Uh, it certainly has led to an interesting situation, but this is a tit for tat from China uh, to the United yeah. States to say, look, you might put a ban on our companies, but we just won't send you the minerals you need to make chips in the United States. That's exactly what's been happening. So I think they're trying to guarantee the supply chains outside of China, but China has a very uh, much a major grip hold on the supply chains. And this comes with Africa being involved in it. So that's why you're changes in the continent of Africa right now. Uh, because I think minerals and natural resources will become one of the uh, forefront battlefields over technology in the very near future of the supplies of minerals. Uh, I think that's something we have to really pay close attention to, in particularly in Africa with relations to China and potentially Russia. There's one thing investors love, and it's certainty, particularly when it comes uh, to trade. A lot of investors are quite willing and keen to overlook political tensions between countries to say, listen, sort it out. We need this. We need money. We need to keep mm -hmm. the economy moving as well. So how have U.S. investors actually reacted to these bans by the U.S. government on China when it comes to chips? 
Many are choose to leave. Actually, look at Dentons, one of the largest、uh, law firms around the world, is severing ties with its China office. Sequoia Capital is also leaving its China office behind at Sequoia China.、Uh, LinkedIn just、uh, cut. Uh, well, basically, close down operations in China as well. So I think some companies they're they're more aware、uh, of the danger in the long term than others, and I think they're choosing to leave. But like like I said, companies like Apple, like Tesla, they're choosing to stay behind until、uh, you know, like you said, Aaron, the certainty aspect is no longer there a hundred percent. I think that's when they will leave.、Uh, but is it going to be too late? Well, we, we don't know yet. Well, you look at Apple, though. You mentioned Apple. I mean, Tesla's got the factory in Shanghai, obviously, which is doing pretty well.、Mm-hmm. But you look at Apple, and they, Foxconn, which is the big company that produces all、mm-hmm. their stuff, now been looking at Vietnam, India as well, looking at producing more、yeah. and more out of India too. So, in a sense, while Tim Cook's heading to China and saying, "Need great relations with you guys with Beijing," what they're doing is different to what they're saying. Exactly, and and you know that I was just going to mention that aspect because on the surface it looks like they're trying to stabilize it with China.、Uh, in the dark, they're basically moving all the important parts away from China. And the big, biggest beneficiary of all of this is Southeast Asia and and、mm. uh, India, which I、yeah. think it, it to the benefit of the United States, it, it's a great place to put those factories. Yeah, well, anywhere where they can find workers who are cheaper than the United States, anyway,、uh, and we'll have them, and perhaps get a middle class out of it too. David Jang, appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. All right, that is the program for now. For more, you can head to TikiNews.com. Aaron Young, do hope to see you soon.